We are read the wait. Is that how I start? I think <laughs> no, so. I say welcome. I say okay. You got this. <laughs> and welcome to Read the Room podcast, everybody. I'm Chandler, and I'm Alyssa, and this is the podcast about books, relationships, and the relationships in books. And today we are starting on our Emily Henry arc. Uh, we're going to cover all four of her books. Not in this episode. This episode is about the first one that she released, which was Beach Read. Which is very beachy, uh, at least as far as the cover goes. Not so much as far as the actual story goes. It's a lie. Yeah, I feel like it was a bit of a you can do catfishing. It. Yeah, a bit of catfishing on Emily Henry's part to put that on out. And everyone's like, oh, what a great book to bring to the beach. And little do they know, it's, it's about sad writers in a rainy place. Yeah. Before we get into that, uh, what are you reading right now? Um, or tell me about a I'm book. I'm not really reading anything right now. I'm currently in between books, and there are just so many, <laughs> so many books that you're shoving my and that you've books. given me. <laughs> do you have books uh, at your house? Oh yeah. Me? What books um, do you have? Romantic comedy can... by. Oh, I've been looking um, for that. The the woman's name that sounds like a man. Curtis Sittenfeld. Yes. Oh, that's a great. You've been looking for that. You gave it to I me months was ago. Like, I was like, where is this freaking book? Yeah, because usually well, I like people read them fast. True, not this guy. Well, you gave me a stack of I think like seven books all in one go. It's for and the I have, podcast. I brought Jen. two of them back, which are right in front of us here. Oh yeah, the Emily Henrys. So I'm I'm working my way through, but I also You're doing great. I also get a lot of um, book suggestions or lens from other bookish Whatever. friends of mine. Are they making podcasts with you? No, they're not yet. <laughs> okay, I go. actually have like so many secret book podcasts. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I will talk about Wool by Hugh Howey, which I read a few months ago, which is a story about people living in an underground silo. And it's been generations of the world basically destroying itself, as we're all worried that it will do, probably through nuclear war and whatnot. And all these people living underground, that's all the life that they've known. They don't know what's on the outside. Um, but whenever anyone does anything really bad... Or even says that they want to go outside, which is like a very punishable offense. They're sent outside uh, in these suits, and everyone gets to watch them on the cameras as they they wander away and then eventually succumb to uh, just the terrible environment out there. But before they do, their job is to clean the cameras uh, with wool pads. So that's that's why it's called wool. Wait, what is this a like recent release or like an older one? I don't think it's very recent. Because no. I was gonna say that's like part of Lost's plot, the TV show. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> this is sounding wildly. Desmond, <laughs> yeah, four, eight, thirteen. Yeah, I, I can't remember the numbers. But I was like, you were saying it. And I was like, this is a direct copy, but it could no, be the no, other no. way it's, too. It's it's like a huge silo, though. It's not like just desmond's little area it's, i mean he was with somebody entire. else well yeah for a little bit but no they've got like they've got like 150 levels and it takes like three days to walk to the very bottom kind of a thing gotcha yeah so would recommend i think i gave it about four four and a half stars and apparently it's the start of a series which i didn't realize when i was reading it so now i'm just like here's another series that i've unknowingly started do you prefer series or standalone i prefer it <laughs> I know that we talked about this in Fourth Wing. I prefer it when the first in a book could be its own book, like mm. its own standalone, and then it's just so good that, like, there's okay, we can't. And, like, there's enough world building there. There's enough um, excitement there that it can lead into more story. I guess so. As long as the other stories are as good as the first, like Harry Potter. 
Yes. Or better. Quick, favorite. And we'll have a Harry Potter episode. We, we have to. We could knock that out so quick. But what's oh your favorite Harry Potter book? Um, I honestly it's think it's probably Goblet of Fire for me. I My least favorite is Chamber of Secrets. And I will die on that hill. People mm, love it. Yeah. I hated it. Fair. I mean, I didn't hate it. Okay. I lo- I still gave it five stars. I just yeah. out of the other ones. Goblet of Fire, best book. Um, that favorite movie? Um, Probably Deathly Hollows Part 2. Just because okay. yeah. it's like the most like ep i don't know if that's true it's definitely not order of the phoenix movie or deathly hollows part one those ones are like builder ones mm-hmm. so they weren't great i mean they were still i don't know yeah you I'm know very passionate about harry potter works that only build towards other things uh <laughs> <laughs> whatever um what about you what's your favorite harry potter um book? the my favorite movie is prisoner of azkaban because mm. things get dark and gritty. You would be a serious kind of guy. Well, yeah. And as we're about to Marauders. talk about all the Emily Henry novels. <laughs> um, and then I think for, for my favorite book, it's got to just be Deathly Hallows because it was so exciting. It was such an event yeah. when that came out. And it was. Yeah. And anyway, but sorry I think, to yeah. I just sidetrack the conversation. No, I should not just had Harry Potter be the book that I oh, talked about. I wish we were talking about Harry Potter previews. right now. We can, though, in the future. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Wool sounds awesome, though. I will. But also, fuck J.K. Rowling. True, true, true. Um, I want to read Wool now. Um, for my book that I'm reading right now, since you asked mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm not actually reading it right now it's just a book that I have read I actually reread it not too long ago um, it's called Every Summer After by Carly Fortune and I really <coughs> want to talk about her two books on the podcast eventually too because she's a Canadian author she's from the east coast all of her like books take place in Canada but yet they have success not just in Canada like they got really big in the states as well But Every Summer After is essentially a dual timeline, a contemporary romance about um, a girl and a guy when they were younger. Her cabin that she went to every summer with her family um, in Ontario was beside where these two boys live that she grew up with, Charlie and Sam. And... um, Oh no. <laughs> Charlie and Sam. <laughs> and they um so they grew up over the years every summer with her coming out and inevitably has a romance with the younger brother, Sam. But it does dual timeline, so it'll say like it'll be like their cute building romance and then it'll flip to the future where they don't talk and they, they like don't get along and you don't know what happens and that's the whole pivot of the book trying to figure out what happens. And then it's really devastating when you find out um but it's just such a good book it's probably one of my favorite contemporary romances um if you haven't read it i definitely recommend it especially if you're canadian we got to support those canadian authors um but yeah every summer after by carly fortune i'm getting that contemporary romance writers really love cabins and they really (laughs) love time flashback jumps and and i mean her second book is literally called meet me at the lake (laughs) so bodies of water too bodies of water we're all for it (laughs) well it's cabin at the lake but um yeah i don't know it works yeah it makes sense like we're about to talk about i think out of three of the four next books we're about to talk about by emily henry it's a cabin happy boys um beach breed beach read small town and then book lovers is small town but they're in like a cute little airbnb kind of thing i don't think they're near a body of water though they do go skinny dipping at that like creek yeah whatever it counts but then people who meet on vacation they just travel the world so they're near water a lot yeah they go to beaches it feels like the same energy between those three books yeah we love cabins we love uh water <laughs> sure do and we love time jumps baby. it's funny too because the people we meet on vacation the only one out of those books that isn't that sort of style is everybody's least favorite like online which i don't get 
Wait, what's your favorite? Okay, I guess we should talk just Emily Henry in general. Should we? Yeah. Do you know anything about Emily Henry? No. Well, I've read. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, no. <laughs> ah. She's a woman and her name is Emily. <laughs> She's written four books. Hey, I wonder if her if her actual name is Emily Henry or if that's like the, the pen name. Because, you know, as a, as a Chandler Walter, I do love uh, a name with two first names. She's very pretty. All right. Emily Henry is the number one New York Times bestselling author of Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation and then also Happy Place and Book Lovers. She writes stories about love and family for both teens and adults. She studied creative writing at Hope College and the New York Center for Arts and Media Studies and now spends most of her time in Cincinnati, Ohio and the part of Kentucky just beneath it. So that's Emily Henry for you, folks. <laughs> yeah, we clearly knew a lot. And She's super. She looks really cool. When, when I can tell. I judge a book by its cover. I judge a, an author <laughs> by their physical appearance. By their face. Yes. Um, when did the first one come out? When did, again, what are we talking about here? We're talking about... Beach Read. Beach Read. Oh, she's, she's also written some YA. I remember reading this. I did a little bit of... This um, came out in 2020? Research. Yeah, no man. Way. She's quite recent. So for she these published ones. one a year since 2020. Yeah, me? she's been crushing them. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I remember reading that for this one, she was actually having, what do you know, a bit of writer's block as <laughs> she wrote this book. <laughs> Shocking. And uh, it was after she had written some YA novels. So let me find those ones. And while you do that, do you want me to read the synopsis? Yes, of this one? please do. So Beach Read is Augustus Everett is an acclaimed author of literary fiction. January Andrews writes best-selling romance. When she pens a happily ever after, he kills off his entire cast. They're polar opposites. In fact, the only thing they have in common is that for the next three months, they're living in neighbor- neighboring beach houses, broke and bogged down with writer's block. Then one hazy evening, one thing leads to another, and they strike a deal designed to force them out of their creative ruts. Augustus will spend the summer writing something happy, and January will pen the next great American novel. She'll take him on field, field trips worthy of any rom-com monta- montage, and he'll take her to interview surviving members of a backwoods death cult, obviously. Everyone will finish a book, and no one will fall in love. Really. Do, do, do. Really? But, like, also... The cover, Beach Read, do we, like, it's insane how much of a mislead this is. Oh, and, like, yeah. the name. I remember, because this was the first one I read. Sorry, I think it was the second. But I was like, oh, I think I literally took it on vacation with me. I was like, the perfect vacation read. And then it was, like, that's, so depressing. That's how she gets you. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was about to describe the cover to our listeners at home who might not be watching us. Uh, oh, you yeah. can find us on YouTube so as true. well. Uh, read the room on YouTube, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then see us talk about books and look at covers that don't have to be described. <laughs> but I also don't think I have to describe it because anyone who's listening to this has read a has yeah. read the book. And if they haven't, we're about to spoil Get it. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. We don't want you here. <laughs> we're talking about a book. We'll jump in right away. Yeah, like, and are, then they die. We are gatekeeping uh, these books. Mm-hmm. And at the gate, we're like, have you read the book? All right, come on in. <laughs> you haven't? Get out. Literally. Okay. So. Great book. Actually, well. that's not true. <laughs> I said that. Oh, what did you rate it then? Okay, Five wait. stars? I think I actually gave it four stars. Uh, I know. How so harsh of you, Alyssa. Because I, I liked them all, don't get me wrong, but I really, really liked People We Meet on Vacation and Happy Place. Um, and I, I liked Book Lovers as well, but Beach Read was my like bottom of the barrel, which according to TikTok is not the 
common consensus. What is the common con- they consensus? They always say beach read is their favorite, and then people we meet on vacation is our least favorite. Huh. So I that's think, what I've seen, like, across the board. I think I like them the exact same amount of, like, three and a half stars-ish. <laughs> Maybe all four. F- all Maybe four? four. No, I thought you were no, like, happy two, place. For those two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happy place was a bit better, but yeah. let's get into Beach Read. We'll, okay, fair. We'll Did you like on... Book Lovers? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. That I think was that the, was, like, like, the first one I read. Okay. And that I was, like, that my first too. ever, like, fully proper contemporary romance. I truly think that they get better as she writes. Like I, yeah, I, I mean honestly, that, that makes sense, yeah, right? Like I guess so. But sorry, um, cool. So what you what did you read? Be treated again? Three point five? Either three point five or four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. At. It's not that I disliked it. I still really liked it, and I would recommend people read it. It's just it it wasn't my favorite. I mean, I I rank with my star system. It's like you know, I'll if it's if it's over two and a half, if it's over fifty percent, that means I liked it. Yeah. So a three a three star is like okay I got to the end of this book I'm not sad I read it but yeah yeah you know? fair um, what did you think of January uh, like she seems pretty broken she just lost her dad and she's suffering from writer's block at the beginning of the book which we just read Emily Henry also was struggling oh at this book, actually so. yeah quick uh, quick aside we've been going on oh, so right. many sides sorry yeah. Um, but she, Emily Henry, had a debut young adult novel, The Love That Split the World, that was published on January 2016. Literally after, never heard of it. After writing several young adult novels, her, Henry's first adult romance novel, Beach Read, was published in 2020 to widespread success. Wow. Yeah, like, even on her Wikipedia, when it says notable works, it doesn't include her first, like, YA novel. So I, I, Interesting. In fact, the, the Love That Split the World doesn't have a clickable hyperlink oh. on Wikipedia. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, good for her for, like, you know, pivoting and being like, all right, heading into uh, adult romance and then just yeah. knocking them out one after the other. Four in, like, three years, which is pretty impressive for someone who started with writer's block and then deciding to write about someone with a writer's block. And honestly, I'm not, as we've mentioned in the past, I'm not a big fan of author self-inserts. Mm-hmm. When it, whether it com- or like writer self inserts in general, like when it comes to like you see so many journalist protagonists or writer protagonists, and like I get write what you know. We've probably had this discussion before, honestly, but I don't know. Like come people up with something. I, I just think people can't help but inserting themselves in their in their protagonist. <clears throat> I guess I did notice that in um, Sally Rooney's novels, like the. Not normal people, but I think uh, conversations. conversations. Why? Which which character? Or was it the other one? Like one of the main characters was, a, what is it was a, no. uh, a novelist. What's who, the third book by her? What's it called? Where It's not Where'd You Go, Burn. It was... Oh, something world. Oh, um... Hello, world. No. Beautiful world. Beautiful, Beautiful world, where are you? Where or are something, you? yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's <laughs> that one. But Just one kidding. of them has a novelist protagonist that's like waxing, waning, poetic about right. um, the fact that her life is, is different now because she's a, a successful novelist. Right. Like, oh, I see you, Sally. Yeah, it was the third one then. Yeah. Oh, and she... Okay, not to talk too much about Sally Rooney's book. Well, we're talking about Please Emily always talk about Sally Rooney. Yeah, we need to talk about Sally Rooney. Um, <laughs> but... One of the things was that once you that she wrote from that uh, pr- perspective was that once you become a successful novelist, all of the life experience that you have to pull from has kind of ended because you can't really pull from the life of mm-hmm. a successful novelist. You have to work with um, everything that came before that. Mm-hmm. 
as like a normal person. Yeah. So yeah, it always. Uh, I think that's why there are so many author self inserts because there's only so much life experience that one can have before becoming before living the life of a novelist. Yeah. So yeah, that brings us to January. Yeah, yeah. Who's in the same rut that uh, apparently Emily Henry was in? Yeah. Did you like her though? Your first impression? Um, she was okay. She yeah. was fine. Like I don't think there were very many things that really stuck out to me. Is like she was oh, just uh-huh. sad. Like she seemed really sad to me, and I, I was mean, like, oh, that's depressing. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in, <laughs> and especially like uh, putting yourself in a just like a very lonely position mm-hmm. where it's like I'm gonna and like I understand that there's a lot of romanticism to I'm gonna go live in a cabin, isolation by a lake by yeah. myself and write a book. And I've you know don't get me wrong, I've romanticized that the idea of that life yeah before and they did that on purpose like the isolation and then the the forced proximity with gus being right next door like that is like an ultimate romance trope is that it's the it's the boy next door trope but like kind of shifted a little bit Mm -hmm. they're doing the goddamn taylor swift music video thing by like writing notes and show them in the window. Yeah. You're like, oh, but I'm like, I've come on. I think it's cute. I love it. Um, I guess. And I love that Gus versus January. It's kind of funny because January is really like down in the dumps, but she's still technically to Gus. She's still the sunshine to grumpy vibe. You know, like when you when you look at those characters, because Gus is like the one who writes the the like great American novel, but it's he like he's interviewing cult people. Like his is so dark, and she's like the romance writer essentially. Um, they're very opposites in that way, and they they knew each other when they were in college uh, yeah, too. Let's, I let's, think we let's should let's know talk that. About that. And that's funny as well because from I know that like it's the enemies to lovers trope, right? Yeah, they're not enemies. She considers him her nemesis from her, him like giving con- constructive criticism to one of her short stories. But she's the protagonist, so you're seeing it as enemies. Because well, you're seeing I'm it through saying. her, but I'm, yes, you like, find out you know, later. From it's his not perspective, like he's just like, "Hey, yeah, I remember you from." Yeah, and he, but he college. did. He like over criticized her work in college, and he like did that. But he thought it was because she was the only one worthy of his time. Like he liked her, and then she was like, "Fuck this guy! Yeah. Like, this guy sucks." And then they like made out one time at a college party. Yeah. But, like, who doesn't make out with whoever oh, at a college God. party? Story of your life. <laughs> Not everyone. Not that just I really <laughs> spent much time at college parties. Let's be real. No, you just in everyday life. <laughs> I'm so mean. No longer. Pass Melissa, it on. No everyone. longer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that was really interesting. I liked both of them, but like they weren't over the top likable characters, which is funny. Like maybe it was this just that I didn't relate to either of them. I don't know what it was, but compared to some of the characters in Emily Henry's other books, my immediate impression of them, I wasn't like. Oh my god, love them. Well, I think it's also because they're hard people to relate to, given their life circumstances. They're totally. both just like shut away in their own uh, houses that they own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by a lake, and like their job is to is to write, which is a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not not one that can most people can relate to very easily, and it's not the kind of romance either that a lot of people can really relate to. Where oh, they the proximity is just right there, and we have this. Um, somewhat of a past together and uh, here's... there's no rush we're gonna be here for months yeah like it's so slow like you I feel like that maybe that's what annoyed me when the with the book is there was no rush and no communication 
like you didn't understand why Gus didn't like her but it was because he did like her but he couldn't communicate that which is the story of every contemporary yeah. romance uh, there can't be proper healthy <laughs> communication no, in a contemporary romance or never. else the story is over in the first few chapters it's insane and so like he doesn't communicate that he doesn't communicate that he has an ex-wife so she's like why is so when like things start to get steamy between them she's like what is with this guy like why every time he gets close he backs off and then you're like oh then you find out he was married and then like for january you slowly like it's almost every relationship with her because even her so she finds out her dad cheats on her mom shattering this illusion of her having a perfect family and even that chick i think her name was sonia his dad's mistress is trying so hard the whole book to talk to her and she's like no and i'm like just fucking talk like just i just want to know like just and she like would avoid it was those characters could not communicate to save their lives it was driving me Which nuts. Which is funny because they're all writers. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. The job oh is God. communicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it did feel like, oh, here's this like very convenient setup where we have to go on cute little dates every weekend. Yeah. But they're not dates. They're just like research assignments. And it's always like, I hate him, but he's so hot. Like the way it's written. I'm like, okay. It's like you're a 30-year-old <laughs> adult. Just like go... <laughs> It's, just, they just couldn't just talk it. about yeah. it. I mean, relatable in my life, but still. <laughs> oh, man. Shoot your goddamn shot, everybody. But yeah, Slow Burn for me, I was just, I don't, I like it in some books, but for this book, I was just like, Bleh. like compared to the other books, it wasn't, I wish it, anyways. Well, I feel like slow burns usually happen around lives as they happen, but these lives didn't really feel like there was much going on there. No. Like, yeah, they went on cute little excursions. and They hung out like every day. Yeah. In yeah. some way or another of talking through paper. But never at the out. fucking beach, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> never at the goddamn beach. Literally. <laughs> Except that one time, to be to be fair. Um, what did you think um, about January's relationship with her father pre his death? Like, I thought it was so sweet that she obviously, like, she wrote romance books. She loved her parents' relationship. She loved her relationship with her dad. It was all really positive. And then he dies, and she finds out this whole other side. What did you think of that whole storyline? Oh, and then she has writer's block. Like, were those were those tied together? I mean, they might have been. I mean, they definitely were, actually. I think mm-hmm. that she mentioned that so much of her rom-coming ability, contemporary romancing ability, <laughs> ability um, comes from using her parents, <clears throat> her parents' beautiful love story yeah. as the template for these stories that she's writing. Yeah. And then that shatters. Oh, also her boyfriend of six years remembered jocks or ja- Jack or how do you, ja- how would you say that? J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. Is it Jacques? I think so. I assume. It's spelt French, so it's got to be Jacques. Yeah, and French people don't like pronouncing their (laughs) S's, so. Yeah. (laughs) So Jacques. Sorry, French people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, because he breaks up with her after six years, and she just lost her father, found out he cheated, her boyfriend broke up with her, uh, or was it her fiancé? I can't remember if they were engaged, but he... I'm I'm going to guess they were engaged. (laughs) Yeah, he left her homeless, and and then all of this, and then all of a sudden she can't write, and her brand is contemporary romance. Okay, did he leave her homeless, though? Like, yeah, because he like took the house. A... It was his house or something. Oh, and then, I, yeah. yeah, that does and happen in breakups she... where it's like, well, I mean. Because that's how she ended up at the lake house, lake house, um, beach house, just kidding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the lake house that he, that her dad had shared with his mistress. It's just like so many elements and then um, her not being able to write. And I was like, makes sense. She no longer believes in love at this point. Yeah. 
Now Crazy. it's time to write about cults. I did kind of... <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but I kind of liked that, that it like... it. I mean, as much as I don't like when people write about writer's block, um, I don't know why. Let's write about a writer who's writing about writer's block, who's <laughs> yeah. writing about a writer that doesn't have writer's block. Imagine. There's a lot of discussion about the merits of women's fiction. Mm, yes. And so Gus... So Janu- the way that January views herself compared to Gus is, I think, a bit of internalized misogyny is that she thinks he's always after her and he's judging her and he doesn't think she's good. Whereas Gus, you find out later, he he totally thought she was good. Mm-hmm. He loved her books. He's read all of yeah. them um, and et cetera, et cetera. And she hadn't read his books. Yeah, I she mean, had. she read the one, I think, oh. but she hadn't read the other one. Oh, fair. Um, I, I also don't read books written by men, so relatable. Mm, fair. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyways, um, there's like a quote in the book. I, I'm not going to try to find it and say it, but it's something like if the Jessicas in a book were Johns, then it could be the next great American novel. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting because that's really true. Like, I love reading um contemporary romance and i love reading books about relationships and a lot of times that gets that puts us in a category where we're judged for reading those but some of them are absolutely incredible and then i'll read books by men trying to do the same thing and i'm like if only like this was revert it would be so much more popular Wait, like the nicholas sparks stuff or i mean <laughs> like the contemporary romances written by men or just like any i don't even know like um I shouldn't have gone on this hill if I can't think of anything. I mean, Nicholas Sparks, that is a good point because his are so predictable. And, like, put Nicholas Spark. I mean, they're so fucking popular. But that's not from, a, like, a it's male hard. perspective, right? It's, no, it's like his he's writing still, a wo- as a woman. Yeah. And also, they're vastly consumed only by women, essentially, for the most part, his too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think of, like... Like, look at, like, Catcher in the Rye or, like, Great Gatsby or... These are terrible examples, but those are the great American classics. And I'm not saying that the contemporary romance I read is better. But I do think that it would be taken more seriously should it be a man, a male protagonist. I don't know. I just think sometimes the stories... Well, I'm definitely an advocate for contemporary romance novels being taken more seriously and not just written off as, like, chiclet. Also, as, men should definitely read them. It's like a I guidebook. sit here, you know, <laughs> discussing with you yeah. about contemporary romances. I'm very much, yeah. like, pro-contemporary romance. But you're rare. Thank you. You're welcome. But I think that this comes <laughs> from a place of, uh, like, the difference between contemporary romance novels and, I guess, just, like, general fiction. It's not yeah. that general fiction doesn't have... Um, female protagonists or amazing uh, female authors. Uh, I point to, say, Celeste Ng has written some amazing books with female protagonists that aren't, um, that are just existing in fiction. Uh, yeah. There's like family drama. But for are the they most as part. popular as some fiction books written by men? Probably not, and that sucks. That's what I mean. But I, I don't. Those are great books. I think that like the conversation there of like female protagonist versus male protagonist and like if you just swap them that's a different one than fiction versus contemporary romance because contemporary romance is its own genre and i think that it gets a lot of flack sure because of misogyny but also because of predictability and not um, all of them we just started (laughs) this by talking about cabins and time jumps and bodies of water yeah but these four books but there's other ones that aren't as predictable <laughs> please give me I, I would love to read the contemporary romances that um you know kind of romantic comedy expectations i will Curtis yes i will definitely that read that. it's sitting at my house i will read it um still pretty predictable 
see that that's the thing right like it's a it's a bit of a there is a formula there's, there's a, a formula, formula thank you that's what i'm looking fiction for fiction is much more like ephemeral it's like free for all you can do anything and when we're talking about beetroot and when we're talking about formulas for contemporary romance and about august okay first <laughs> their names kill me augustus Ag- oh, in january august in january oh my god i didn't even <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, uh, polar opposites. Um, but the fact that he hates happy endings. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that more comes from a place of like, I would guess that Emily Henry has heard a lot of discourse around happy endings in uh, contemporary romances. And that is something that I, you know, I, I don't, don't really enjoy the prologues. Yeah. Or epilogues? Which one? Yeah, the epilogue. I don't. I don't oh. really enjoy oh, the epilogues. I, same. Where it's like, oh, nine months later, and now They're like he's, he's going down on one knee, and, and they have their perfect baby on the way. I was exp- okay. Yeah. Beatrice wasn't the first Emily Henry, Henry I read, so I know that she has those epilogues where it's mm-hmm. like everything worked out. Um, but this one talks so much about happy endings, and it had like, and it was talking about how contemporary romance can kind of not follow that formula and blah 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 so i was expecting well i wasn't expecting but i was kind of hoping like maybe this one she doesn't do it maybe this one she ends it right at that moment and we're left to wonder what happens yeah like is the case in most fiction right most fiction doesn't have like a an epilogue like here's a year later and don't worry everything everything worked out fine yeah but these ones do and and this one specifically did and i was just a little a little sad that that it did i feel yeah. like uh, i feel like the main readership of contemporary romances would be like oh my god like it didn't have oh, ah. yeah. they would be up in arms i hear you and that's the thing is um when they follow a different you know formula in any way it does tend to be either it tends to be really polarized and these books aren't a great example of like going away from that narrative but if you look at like normal people where it still follows a formula but it does it differently and it leans into like not everything being perfect it shows like the the issues with the with the you know love interests and it shows the vulnerabilities and then people either love it or fucking hate it Mm -hmm. because i would say normal people is in contemporary romance right or is that more fiction Oh, that one's a hard one. See, but that's the thing is because it it doesn't follow a formula. So is that what makes it contemporary romance then? But yeah, it's because it's about a romance. Here's the thing. There's a lot of sex in it too. So it's confusing. It has sex. It has romance, but it doesn't follow the formula. So if it doesn't follow the formula, then it can't fall into contemporary romance. And I think that that's where, um, you know, Augustus or whatever other uh, critique of contemporary romance books or the genre as a whole is and like why those don't really you know you're not going to see them winning like uh, the prize like big Pulitzer. fiction is prizes it Pulitzer? Yeah. yeah like yes i'm sure that contemporary romance genre has its own prizes but because as soon as you deviate from the formula too much you fall outside of contemporary romance it's like yeah. kind of necessary but then it's taken more serious too it seems I don't know. I just find that like men tend to look down on that. Like, oh, they definitely do. If, yeah, like, especially we with me do. on like dating apps, being like, "Well, what do you like to read?" I'm never gonna be like "Betrayed" by Emily Henry. I will never respond with that. I'll respond with something that's taken more serious as a society because I don't want to embarrass myself in front of that person. So, like, it's like a funny thing that you do, and okay. it's so silly. 
Also, normal people salary reading on Wikipedia, it says genre novel brackets romance. Interesting. So, See, it's a bit tricky that one. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I think that's, but it's so funny because if men actually read these books, because this is, oops, this is what women want through the female person. It's like literally an, a guidebook of what women are looking for because obviously they like these books and they like the storyline, but they also fall really hard for the male protagonist. Like mm-hmm. if you look at even like, romantic look at a court of thorns and roses the main guy in that i'm not going to spoil it because it is a spoiler if i say the name but the one guy that you really love as a reader um if a guy actually read that and like understood what girls were looking like it's so funny it's like literally like a manual being like here you go (laughs) i don't know anyways that's just my thought one of the characteristics i liked a lot about gus um, yeah, was it just me. that he was constantly slouching or like leaning on things? Do you was remember he? that? No. Yeah, it was like, oh, like the weight of the world is just like too much for him. He he's constantly so, needs like, like support. philosophical. Is that what oh, that was? It's not even like philosophical. He's just like the way he stands. Just like, but it sounds so deep. Because he is the deep one. And I, I did like that that was just like a little out of the normal for a usual like contemporary romance protagonist. I also thought love interest more like. It was very like. <laughs> maybe i'm just being an asshole but the fact that gus was so cynical and he was so like dark and like broody and he, his books reflected that but yet january was the uppy one whose mom died of cancer dad was cheating on his mom shattered the whole life the had a whole the mom's alive the mom died from cancer the mom had cancer and then survived did she sorry i've read like 10 books since this yeah yeah, my bad but you know what i mean like her she's had all her partner left her all this stuff yes he had an ex-fiance and he worked at a cemetery for a while so (laughs) life is bad death is scary so they get engaged at the end do you think they're gonna work out no i don't think they will (laughs) i think you just want to say that i think they're great i don't think they will I, I don't know. It's second chance romance. That's another trope of this one because they had met in college and they had a thing for each other, but also were enemies. I just like. <laughs> <sighs> Tell me how you feel. I feel like your rating is going down as we it do kind this. Of, kind of is. <laughs> um, well, okay, yes, sure. They had a nice little slow burn over the. Was it the summer or like, I don't know, whenever they were there. And learn to get to know each other and love each other and went on cute little dates and all that but at the same time like he's going through a divorce currently mm-hmm. and yes his ex-wife who cheated on him with his best friend oh yeah and, it was and best friend best man yeah yeah oh god um it was his ex-wife it wasn't his ex-fiance. It was his ex-wife because they got married. Yeah, so they his actually best were married. Oh, and then sorry. she cheated on yes. him with his best man. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's a lot and to fucking deal he with. He didn't actually tell. I just remember he didn't actually tell January about it. It was Pete. It was his aunt mm-hmm. that owns the bookstore that actually told January that he was divorced. And she was like, what? Like, literally, he could not communicate. Shocking. Shocking yeah. that Augustus couldn't communicate. Yep. Oh, that's so fun. I really loved Pete, though. I think Pete was my one of yeah. my favorite. Emily oh. Henry's secondary characters are bomb, in my opinion. I oh, like just the secondary. like the, the quirky, older uh, woman who runs a bookstore. I loved her. Because there's more than one of those I know, in, but in it this was so, four series of but books. But like Happy Place, too. I loved the secondary characters. And and in um, Book Lovers, too, her sister is also mm-hmm. so cute. Libby, I think her name was. Yeah. Well, Happy Place was great because of the cast. Oh, it was for so sure. good. 
Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, I don't believe in love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us more about it. could be together. Does this feel like our personalities right now? <laughs> oh, I hate everything. I, I love love, all right? I, yeah, I am optimistic when it comes to love. Um, but I think that that's through, you know, being healthy in where you are in life and what you're capable of. And I don't know, man, like he, he just got out of a marriage. He's yeah. going through a divorce and then like she's there and that's nice. And, you know, they build a bit of a friendship first. How fucking but, convenient too that yeah, she moved in right next door. Convenient. Like he's like, I'm going through this hard time. And then his, his college crush is like, I just moved in next door. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. Like the perfect timing and like, yeah. and I get that it's at, not the epilogue end, but the end of the actual book. It was where his uh, his ex-wife shows up. And it's like, hey, take me back. And then he makes the decision to pursue no something with January instead. And from that, we have to take, oh, he chose January over the ex-wife. This is going to work. But also doesn't communicate the whole time he's deciding. So January assumes that he's gone back with his ex-wife because he can't say, no, I'm just dealing with this. All's good. Yep. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I don't know. Like, given the difficulties in communication that they had just off the like <laughs> off the first few months of being around each other, and then like being into each other. Yeah. I mean, but like that's the thing. Like it, these aren't. <laughs> sorry to say, these aren't real people. Like they're created differently, so you don't really. I understand that. Like, there's some belief that needs to be suspended when it comes to most yeah. fiction really but especially contemporary romance and yeah. whether or not this will work out because what do you know in the epilogue it does you're right although i that's don't just think the, it'll work out either although that's just the start of a marriage i mean that's the start of a uh, uh engagement yeah not even a marriage so. also they got engaged real fast if it was then it reminds me of watching the bachelor Ugh. where it's like oh congrats hooray they got engaged at the end but then the engagement always falls apart or the marriage <laughs> if, if they do end up getting married always falls apart there's like, like literally 30 seasons of the bachelor and the bachelorette and there's <clears throat> only like two people still married there's more than that because some of them have kids like... so it helps to keep them together no but i feel but... like bachelor in paradise mm, is yes, where that's... you have all the relationships from actual bachelor it's like literally the first one mm. and then um um, Sean Lowe. Why do I know this? I Maybe there's say, another one. But. I always say winning The Bachelor or Bachelorette isn't like getting engaged at the end. It's becoming. Yeah, literally <laughs> for next... money. Yeah. Like Nick Vile won so oh, many yeah. times at that. I love yeah. Nick Vile. Parker was his best friend's name. Fuck you, the, Parker. Yeah, what a shitty guy. Yeah. Gross. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, like, that. Was, that's a very easy way for it to get the reader obviously on gus's side always which i think might need to happen like there might need to be a little bit more uh like you have to make a very evil ex-partner of the male love interest mm. because readers are uh, readers of contemporary romance are kind of like you know honed in on taking the woman's side and any sort of uh you know relationship issue mm -hmm. so it's like no, no no like she is definitely bad it's a best friend That's cheating like thing. yeah yeah it's got to be like you can't come back from that i've also noticed that in some books so there are books with cheating tropes in them for example there's a christina lauren book and a carly fortune book where there is cheating tropes and when i read reviews on goodreads after some people will rate the book so shitty just because one of the protagonists has cheated in the past and literally immediately like downgrade it but for me i'm like it doesn't it 
doesn't phase me. But like, (laughs) 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 like it does, but like it doesn't. Like I think people can grow and I don't think they're the same person. And I think that relationships are not black and white. I think they're gray and I can see it for like the larger scale of things. But a lot of people can't. And I think that's interesting because like in books like this to make someone seem more evil they make them cheat but if they had have made Gus be the one that cheated on his ex I like I wonder if we would have had like how the reaction would have been I just think that's interesting you know they say once a cheater maybe a cheater (laughs) again sometime depending on how well they worked on themselves and grew from you know who they were at that point in their life I guess so I mean you're not wrong but but also hey don't cheat Agreed. People. I've never cheated. Have you? Me neither. Let's friendship. go. Friendship. Uh. <laughs> the power of friendship. <laughs> Woo. Uh, anyways, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it. For That's all we got for you for Beach Read here. Okay. Um, but we will be talking about the rest of the Emily Henry bibliography not counting yep. her we should read her young adult novel if we can i don't find it. even want to the fact that you couldn't even find a link to it <laughs> is like a red but she does Wikipedia. have a new book coming out soon it oh. comes out in the next few months Christ. so we will do one in the future we'll go through them all and then we'll also do that one eventually when that comes out i mean i do gotta hand it to her um as a, as a writer yeah like one book yeah. a year i mean more than one book a year because no, no. it's if, coming out 2024 early oh because yeah there months. have been <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> okay. pretty sure it comes out in like January 2020 2021 2022 2023 is four years Let in fact four years four bucks good for her and you know what we'll we'll top that we'll do four books in four weeks it's but coming. just just talking about the book that we didn't write when is it coming out? It's called it's called Ooh, funny, funny Story. story. April, April, so it comes out in April. Yeah, so she does one a year. That's fun. Well, then maybe we should save these episodes for April. Don't. I said that before, and you literally were like, no, no, no. How dare you? Well, um, it saved me from having to read too much for our first season. You still have a lot more to read. You have to okay. read Iron Flame. I'm going to make you read a bunch of stuff, too. I'm reading goddamn Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. I'm going to make you read some shit. I told you I'd read Celeste Ng. Okay. And uh, did you read Leanne Moriarty or whatever? I've read Big Little Lies, but I haven't read any of I haven't else. read any of hers, but I have them there. I, I bought those secondhand because I thought you had read them to make them easier. Oh. So I bought them for myself to do this. Oh, and they look nice. They look... Um, I don't know. Well, I like it when they all kind of look... Match. Those ones don't, though, because she put her fucking title on the one book on the wrong... There's always, like, one or two that don't match, and, like, one's weirdly green while the rest of them are white, and I'm like, come on. If you're going to do green, just do... Anyways... Has Emily Henry done a good job of that? I really love Emily, except for Happy Place. I think we can all agree that Emily Henry releasing Happy Place as a hardcover with no um, paperback, so it didn't match any of our sets, was a travesty. But, like, she will release the paperback eventually. She hasn't. That came out early this year. Yeah, I think it's usually a year, and then they... It makes me so... Because they can charge more for a hardcover. They don't even have those in hardcovers, Well, that's because she wasn't so big when she released these. They're like, oh, we can release only hardcover, and, like, the Emily Henry readers... I, I mean, I bought it pre-release, but yeah, I wasn't exactly, happy about exactly. it, Chandler. <laughs> wasn't your fucking happy place. <laughs> yeah. No, but for real, that made me so mad when that came out. And then I went on TikTok and everyone was like up in arms Well, you'll about just it. have to buy the paper bag too, so it matches <laughs> yeah. up with the other ones. Anyway. And you know I will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, I was talking about how she just bought Iron Flame and has another Iron Flame coming. That's But that one's signed. 
and yeah. I have I bought the fourth wing and the fourth wing holiday edition so I have four ver- and I've bought audible for both so I'll have six versions of two books wait six in total between two books yep that's insane I'm that I'm unhinged yeah it's a problem okay. and I don't have a job <laughs> anyway catch us next week for people we meet on vacation the fact you had to read it from the book <laughs> bye who's that on? Emily Henry Emily Henry yes um, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of read the room if you enjoyed it please subscribe um maybe give us a rate on one of the places where we have the episodes uploaded so don't maybe do it please do. definitely <laughs> yeah. do it so we're on anywhere where podcasts are available <laughs> and also we YouTube. are where podcasts are <laughs> yeah so youtube as well if you want to see us talking which and you get to see the library behind it's us it's a good time you know we we have props props <laughs> are usually books it's my taylor swift heiress to her cup is in the shot um anyways uh yeah that really helps us out if you can do that and follow us along on social media as well we're on tiktok and instagram and our social is at let's, let's read, read the, the room. room yeah read the room was taken so we went with let's there's so many podcasts called read the room yeah but none of them stand podcast. out like ours because we're great okay yeah we are all right catch us next week bye everybody see you next time what is it oh, we'll do, we should do this again, <laughs> we do this again every time. time we do this okay bye <laughs>